Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 609, Kissing Controversy. Back to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank joins us with Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? Yeah, had a had a good weekend, relaxing weekend. Didn't do too much, so I did manage to set myself. I take that back. I set myself on fire on Saturday night. Briefly, went to a, a cocktail. <laughs> I mean, I went to a cocktail bar where they do serve most of their. Uh, R- really embracing that sober summer. <laughs> I only had three drinks, if that makes it any better. But, and they, and it's not necessarily the drink itself. Like it's a piece of decoration on top. Like in my case, it was a a sort of a lime that it had a sort of half a lime that it had some alcohol poured into it that was then on a stick across. Decorative looked really, really nice, but it then I didn't know whether I'm just supposed to let it, I waited out until it stops burning. And I decided I was going to move it from the top of my glass into an empty glass that was there. And uh, in the process, spilled a bit on my hand and, and set my hand on fire briefly. And <laughs> wow. I was okay with it because I knew you can just pat out the alcohol. It's not going to, if you do it, as long as you do it relatively quickly, nothing, no damage is going to be done. But it did cause panic amongst everyone else that I was with. But hand is okay. No burn marks. So, so far, so good. <laughs> oh, man. I actually, Eddie, was going to, I know last podcast, we talked about a marriage proposal on a train. And sometimes I really think my phone is listening in on our conversations because then on my Instagram, I had a like random thing pop up about a marriage on an airplane and someone who proposed to someone mid-flight. Better or worse than the train proposal? (laughs) Where was the flight to? Do you have any of the details over what this flight was? I don't know where it was, but I can give you the detail. That's going to answer your question. Okay. It was a Ryanair flight. Okay, worse then. <laughs> it's worse. Because, yeah, if you were in first class on some romantic getaway, flying to Tahiti or something, and you decide, hey, this is the moment I'm going to do it, I still would say, wait until you get on to this romantic destination like there's got to be a better spot but it's way better than the train but yeah orion air flight that just that just (laughs) smells of just desperation and and bad decisions like there's no way yeah that's that's no that's that's about as i would say that's probably pretty much as close to as bad as it can get yeah that is yeah it's pretty pretty rough the other as you're saying this I think this would be funny, but I'm sure people wouldn't like this. I agree with you. The first class proposal might be something nice, especially if it is a flight to like an exotic location. I think as a flight attendant, it would also be equally as fun to every once in a while, just like drop an engagement ring into like a glass of champagne to like a couple that you have there and see what happens. Well, that's a good way to get fired. (laughs) <laughs> or to have someone choke. <laughs> that, uh, but yeah, no. The, fir- the nice thing about the first class thing too, right, is you could do it super discreetly. 
Like you don't actually need to engage yeah. like if you, anyone else. You I saw just, these new, like a lot of the new planes now they have sometimes you can block cabins. off two of the seats. Yeah. Or just like at least two of them you can block yeah. off, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, but when it's Singapore Airlines first class or whatever, you could have. Oh, your and own. you have the whole suite with like a like yeah. a full door. Yeah, then by all means do it. But <laughs> but at the same time, if you're if you're dropping that kind of money on <laughs> if you're dropping that kind of money on a flight, you'd again think that there's probably going to be a better opportunity to to propose. Yeah, and then about two days later, I, this little scenario popped up that I really want to get the Eddie Hewitt opinion on. I was uh, driving to the grocery store and a car in front of me, like pulled in front of me and on the back, it said, just married Venmo us and had their Venmo ID. What's that? What's that take? I don't like the just married thing. I do. I wouldn't do this myself, but I wouldn't be bothered if like you're on a bachelor party or whatever. And the people have, you see that quite often now, like Venmo me, like buy me a drink. That bit doesn't, I'm not going to Venmo anyone the money, but at the same time, like if I were on your bachelor party and you had that t-shirt on, I wouldn't like cringe at the thought of really, what are we, yeah, wow. that would be free handouts. Uh, Eddie isn't against the free handouts. No, the requesting, the requesting of a free handout. You're not against. Cause it, I mean, here's the thing. If, if I were in a bar and someone told me they were on a bachelor party and they seemed all right, I'm probably going to buy them a drink anyway. So you're kind of opening, you're making that process that little bit easier. So now, bit... we can put this to the test. We have a mutual friend who's having a bachelor party soon. We already discussed the possibility of having some shared memorabilia. If we put that on what we discussed, would you, one, be willing to wear it? And two, how much do you think we actually get? Well, the issue there is... In the UK, no Venmo. We're going to be in the UK for this bachelor party. And there's kind of no Venmo. No, because it's instant bank transfers. So there's not really like. So can you just put like. uh, You'd have to put like your sort. You'd put put your like sort code and account account number. (laughs) Full name. Potentially, potentially even address. So in the social security card, just in case. Just totally backfires. So can Uh, you, do they have like QR codes or something where you can do instant transfers? You can probably do that. Yeah. I mean, the alternative would be like PayPal me. You could, you could do that. Okay. I just, I just think people, I think people would still feel that's not as like the concept of Venmoing someone money is so sort of accepted in the U S that you just don't have that same equivalent. And I just think people would feel really weird about it the only thing you could do that might get slightly close is like say weatherspoons you can order and this has become popular in the uk at different moments in time like you can order drinks to a table online so you can people will like go to weatherspoons and say hey guys <laughs> that, means, that means we have to stay at a weatherspoons all fucking day <laughs> yeah and then you'd have to post online where at the this weatherspoons we're sitting at table 28 send it over and then people could go online and buy stuff and just have it sent to the table. That, I, mean, I think that yeah. people find funny, but I think the Venmo equivalent, you, you need to be in the US. But I guess the other alternative we could do is we know there's a lot of American friends that won't come to the bachelor party. 
So we could just send a message to them saying, hey, can you Venmo us for the yes, bachelor party? That seems that feels more desperate. <laughs> or you just do the completely staged Instagram photo of that person wearing oh. the shirt. You post it on Instagram and make it seem as if this is a thing you're doing as part of the trip. No, 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 no. We just go one further and just post the straight picture of like the QR code and say Venmo us for his bachelor party. <laughs> that seems again, that seems desperate. I think I think you post a picture of him in a t-shirt, but you put him on a story, and then you hope that some people chip in. But I, I, I think, think I think we test it out and then we do the real douchey thing and we get the money and donate and it to charity. <laughs> <laughs> so people are donate to a charity they did not choose. <laughs> uh, the human fund from the human Sartfeld. fund. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, we could. Yeah, we can give it a go. I just. Don't I think, think we should. I think purely for for experimental purposes, we should do it. The one thing you might get is American tourists yes. seeing it and then feeling they're already in tourist mode, so you're a little bit looser with the money. Yeah, and like you're, everything feels like, you know, you're kind of taking a break from all the budgeting anyway. And so you might get the the odd tourist who then sees that and thinks, oh my God, these Americans are on a bachelor party in, in the UK. I better send them some. Well, they kind of are. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that statement. <laughs> well, some wouldn't be American, but yeah, there is. And they wouldn't know. You'd have to be like, we don't even live here. We just traveled here. But then you run the risk that they think these guys must have a ton of money. Yeah. Like how do you, you have to judge how you spin that the best. I also just love the idea of a t-shirt with like the sort code and account number and someone having to like pull the t-shirt and stretch it so they can see it all because it's like the folds in the shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bank name. Yeah. It's, yeah. That seems more impractical, but we yeah, we can give it a go. Yeah. I like it. And <laughs> we just take the money for the big chill. <laughs> but speaking of the weekend though in addition I, I said to something to you off podcast this is a, also a way of transitioning onto the weekend of European football there was the Saturday night match here so a true evening kickoff game I think it kicked off at 8.30 in the UK on Saturday night the Manchester City Newcastle match and I don't love the evening this might be the first sign of me really getting old. <laughs> I I don't love the evening kickoff on a Saturday. It's just, it's kind of too much for me. I love As it. someone who can, <laughs> for you, it's great with time zones. And I understand that might be part of the reason for them to do it, to make it a more accessible match for, you know, people even on the West Coast of the United States and elsewhere. But for me, I don't know, like with other sport also going on at the same time, it's just too long of a day almost. Like I can't. I can't do it almost. I did but do then, it. But, but then how do you do like Sunday football? <laughs> American football. Well, so there wasn't a lunchtime kickoff uh, this week. But you are talking about six and a half, seven hours of Premier League action. There was a championship match before that I watched a bit of. There was a Women's World Cup third place playoff, which I watched some of. So I was really dealing well, that's, with... that's just your fault. <laughs> you know... I was showing my support. I watched the World Cup final on Sunday, which I guess I don't watch any third place matches. I don't care what the sport is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just it's a longer day, even than in an NFL. 
college football would be comparable, but then I don't watch, I do not sit down and watch 10 hours of college football. I'll watch the games I care about. I'll track scores. I might tune in for the final few minutes of a game if it's close, but I'm not like sitting down on Saturday and just not moving for 10 hours. Yeah, it, I, I obviously enjoy it because it's right around noon kickoff. So it's it's one of the few matches I can actually go out and watch at a bar or a restaurant or something if I wanted to. Whereas most of the other ones, I would have to maybe do an early brunch and hope that that place I'm doing brunch has sports on their television at nine in the morning, which isn't always a feasible option. But yeah, I mean, it, I don't have an issue. <laughs> No, again, of course you don't. I mean, it, it, and I understand. I don't want to be one of those people. But I guess let, let, let me equate it to the equivalent for me, which would be Monday night and Sunday night football, American football. And as an East Coast person, I very much dislike 8.30 kickoffs. Again, being on the West Coast, it's, it's really nice because it's a 5.30, 6.30 kickoff at, at latest. So it's still manageable. But if I were living on the East Coast and when I did live on the East Coast, I hated Sunday night and Monday night football because you're watching NFL from 1 p.m. to midnight, basically. And it's it's also not just the time. It's that, you know, if you have other commitments, you got to eat. You know, if you're in a relationship with someone, you got to balance out. It's Saturday night. Are we going out to dinner? Or even if we're eating in, we're going to eat together. I'm not just going to, you know you have other considerations that do complicate it slightly that you're having, you're usually having to sacrifice something in order to either watch it or deciding not to watch it. And that's the bit, that's the bit that bothers me a lot, but I understand if you are, if I'd been out in a bar, I I would have loved it. If I just added that match into the Saturday night on, I wasn't out at the time. And yeah, if I was in a different time zone, probably if I'd been a Manchester city or Newcastle supporter, it's a nice time to have a match played. But yeah, I just think sometimes there can be an oversaturation. And as much as I want, especially as someone who just, I watch so much, so many different sports that for one sport to start to really try and expand (laughs) when it's on, it's just, it's competing with, well, I was going to watch a, like a league match or a, or a, you know, Real Madrid are playing in La Liga at the same time. And, I'm, you know, it's just, yeah, it's too many, too many balls in the air at one any one time. But yeah, on that note, Manchester City picked up a fairly comfortable one 0 win in that match. In the comfortable at points, yeah. I mean, I never felt like they weren't going to win. No, I, I did feel though at several points in the match that Newcastle might be able to equalize it. I would still have been confident that City could have gone up again had that happened. But there, there were points that Newcastle looked. You know, like they are a top three team, I think. You know, I yeah. I, I mean, out of all the other matches I've watched these first two weeks, no one has really stuck out and impressed me as a clear, you know, number two or number three best team in the in the table. No, that's probably fair. And Newcastle haven't really done anything wrong. It's just they haven't, they just don't change my mind over the fact that I think they're the fourth or fifth best team, and I think they're going to be super efficient at beating all the teams below them. But I just don't think they're. I think they are a couple of levels still below that consistency against worse teams. We'll get them very close, but they are just Newcastle on their best day versus any of the other top four on their best day. 
I think they lose. I, I See, don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I think I rate them a little higher from what I've seen of so far of of Arsenal, United, Chelsea, or Chelsea even a top fifteen at this point. <laughs> yeah. So well, we, yeah. So City, check that off the list. It's one of the tricky yes. fixtures. And and I Kevin, guess we should say the only thing I will say about that. Oh, you're, actually, I think you're going to about to say it. But last podcast we talked about how are they going to replace De Bruyne, and we both said. I think Foden will have to step up and hopefully he'll have a chance to step up. And I think he played a pretty like strong match. I was, he was all over the place and he had a lot, he created a lot of opportunities. Uh, I think he stepped in well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a different role, right? But yeah, they need some other players to, to kind of maybe take a little bit more responsibility. But the thing that would then worry me, you know, you look ahead to their fixtures. That was the tricky one really of the, Hey, they're not going to have Kevin De Bruyne. Can they figure it out? And they're an upcoming fixture. Sheffield United away, Fulham at home, West Ham away, Nottingham Forest at home, Wolves away. And the next real test, it's Arsenal away on October 8th. So, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne won't be back then. There's some speculation that he won't even be back until the beginning of 2024. But it just shows you that having checked the Newcastle test off the list, they then, you know, they get several matches in a row that you would just think even the Man City B team would probably win and they could cruise into the beginning of October having won every every league match and maybe have a, a four or five point lead in at the top of the table by then based on the way other teams are performing. You asked last week what's the overreaction? I don't want to overreact after two weeks. Like I don't think that's any more sensible. But still they do yet again look a class above everybody else. Yeah. So right now at the top of the table, we have three teams with six points. I think City and Arsenal, everyone kind of figured would be there. But uh, Brighton is a, a slight surprise. I mean, I think both of us rated Brighton pretty highly. Their first two matches aren't against great competition. I think, you know, they were favored in both and you know, won comfortably in both. But still, it's... Right in the top of the table right now after two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they dismantled Wolves, which looks more impressive based on the way Wolves had played against Manchester United. But at the or, same time... Or does it rate Manchester United much lower? Yeah. And then we saw Manchester United play against Spurs, and then that kind of changed my judgment on how yep. I was... If I was kind of handicapping the Wolves form so far, it sort of... I had to adjust that slightly. But sure, I mean, those are two matches, you know, Brighton are a top seven, top eight team. You would expect them to beat Luton, certainly at home. And for the most part, you would expect them to beat Wolves away. And the next three matches will kind of, you know, West Ham at home, you'd expect them to win, but it's a little trickier. And then they have Newcastle and Manchester United. So let's see where they are midway through September, if they've not lost by then, or if they say if they win two of the next three, then that would really put them, you know, you'd, you'd have to bump up maybe season expectations slightly for them. But I, uh, I'm i not surprised to see them have a perfect record so far. I'm more surprised. I was surprised by Manchester United's performance against Tottenham. I was surprised by Tottenham's performance against Manchester United. And I was a little bit surprised that Chelsea, having looked encouraging in the on the opening day, then 
seem Ugh. to slip back into the form that we kind of saw from them last season. Yeah, that was not an encouraging outing at, at all. And, and I mean, I think there are a lot of people who think West Ham are, are a decent club. I, I think they're a little overrated. I don't think they're even as good as most people think they are. So to me, that's even worse of that performance. Well, the thing that was concerning if you were a Chelsea supporter is that it was a pretty long period of time to be playing against 10 men and they really didn't create all that much. And it's, no. it is one of, it is one of those matches where you can say off they, if, if they didn't miss the penalty, if they'd gone two one up, they probably go on to win. Like it is, it is one of those situations and they might've even gone on to win three or four one, but playing if you do that we kind of have a direct comparison look at how many chances uh today in the arsenal crystal palace match crystal palace were able to just dominate arsenal for the entire period that arsenal went down to 10 men and then chelsea west ham was it it was fairly even i mean west ham were obviously on the back foot but they were still looking dangerous on the counter they obviously got the late penalty to make it 3-1 but they had chances to score before that as well. So it didn't really, if you hadn't been aware that West Ham were down to 10 men, you might not have noticed, which is, no. is really saying a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the easy answer here is Chelsea need to start spending some money on transfers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, no, when I, are they going to dig into the pot here and start spending some money and get some people? True. The owners need to prove themselves. Jesus. And then, yeah, Manchester United... Really disappointing performance from their perspective. Yeah. You have to question Ten Hag a little bit on how he set the team up. This kind of center forward list. You know, Rashford is not the number nine. He's well, he plays even his, if he's not, Roy Keane was not happy about his his want to be a number nine. <laughs> no, but I mean and I, I get it. They signed Hoyland and he's injured, so there is this moment in time where they can't put their best 11 out there but and it's only two matches in it's so easy to overreact to you know and spurs are not a terrible team but it was a poor poor performance and it does make you question they probably need another true center forward to be able to fit in because you're not going to be able to hoyland's not going to be available every match even if he hadn't signed with an injury and then it makes you also question what was the point in signing mason mount who is a sort of fairly average, good Premier League player, if you see what I mean. Like he's sort of nothing special by top club standards. And he just is an almost like-for-like replacement for some of the other players that they already had. He doesn't bring anything new to the table. So, you know, there's still, what, 10 days left for them to sign someone. And you would, you know, if I were Eric Ten Hag... And maybe this is what he's smart. Maybe he thought, let's go out and lose this match so that I can really go to the owners and say, I need some more players. We are not in a position to compete right now. I know the final six months of the season were encouraging, but we need to spend more money. But yeah, it was it was disappointing, certainly, if you're a Manchester United supporter. For Spurs, significant improvement on their opening, their performance on the opening weekend. And then the other disappointment, I've got to say, the team that really, Arsenal tonight, really concerned me, if I'm an Arsenal supporter. Because, yes, they went down to 10 men, but 
the time. I mean, they they went down to ten men because they were time wasting in the sixtieth minute of the minute. match, <laughs> <laughs> one nil up against Crystal Palace. Like you have to ask yourself, and they were genuinely time wasting after they scored that goal. Yeah, on what planet would City be time wasting in the sixtieth minute no. against um, bottom half of the table Premier League yeah. opponent? I mean, I don't think City would time waste against anyone at that period of the match, but. To do so against an opponent you should be beating is is a bad, bad sign to me. And on that note, this is something I, I did want to bring up when I noticed that they got the red for the time-wasting. At the start of the season, there was all this talk about how they're going to add the real time, you know, back at the end of the half and at the end of the the 90, you know, they're not, it's not just going to be four or five minutes. It could be nine, 10, 11. And of course the first week you saw matches with seven minutes being added in the first half and nine in the second, you know, and now in the second week, it's already dramatically decreased. It's as almost already as if they backtracked this statement, but then yeah. two, it seems to have had no effect because teams are still time wasting just as much as they were before. So it, it, at this point, I don't know. Maybe this. Maybe they're going to readjust again. But already two weeks in, it looks like one, it had no effect on time wasting, and two, they've abandoned it. There definitely was less added time this week compared to the first week, where it felt like ten minutes was kind of the bare minimum, and now you're back to six ish, seven ish, which is a lot, but more palatable, maybe. Compared, yeah. you know, when comparing it with what things used to be, I guess you'd say. Do I think previously, do I think last season that you would have got a second yellow card for time wasting in the 60th minute taking a throw in? Probably not. So it still feels like they're cracking down on that. Uh, It was a harsh yellow card because most of the time wasting was done by someone uh, else. By by Havertz. (laughs) And then he just kind (laughs) of tossed the ball away and and got a yellow card in the process. But yeah, it's... uh, if. This is the issue. It's how consistent can they be? You know, I was surprised, like, watching the Manchester City match 1-0 up, and you, you do get to when the injury time is going to be announced. And, yeah, you're thinking, all right, well, they're going to have at least 9, 10 minutes of added time, right? Admittedly, not the most exciting second half, no goals, no, you know, no injuries, no dramatic decisions. So of the matches that you watch, that should be on the lower end of the scale. But then it ended up being six minutes, which, yeah. again, it feels... It's long. It's true that I think last season... But you're right, though. But six versus nine is a significant difference. But it was an uneventful second half for the most part. And it's true that probably last season that six minutes would have been two or three. So they're definitely adding it on still. But you could feel that just kind of rolling Come down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think ultimately, I don't know how you'd feel about this. Because obviously, I'm not someone who grew up watching the game. But I would greatly prefer if instead of this, then to just do a stop time because of exactly what you're saying, because I feel as if I watch some matches and I say, oh, okay, that's going to be like eight minutes added based off of the previous matches. And then suddenly it's five. And then there's other matches where it's like, oh, nothing really happened. And all of a sudden it's like nine minutes. And I think as a player, it, it must kind of suck because it does... It doesn't seem arbitrary. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you have a feel, but at the same time, two or three minutes can make a huge difference. So when you're in in the 89th minute and you're busting your ass thinking, I, I can do this for four more minutes, that's different than busting your ass and thinking, I got to do this for nine more minutes. I better slow it down a little. So I almost feel like a stop time makes it more fair 
because then you don't have people trying to guess how much to kind of keep in the tank, depending on how much is left. Yeah. I if, mean, it, if, if, if it's going to be this high, if it's going to be eight, nine, 10 minutes added to well, the reality match. is it should be like 25, right? I yeah. mean, that's the, the <laughs> that's for the amount of time the ball is really in play. It's true now with, with VAR, you could kind of adopt the rugby style approach of the referee. That's VAR for those not aware. Yeah. <laughs> the referee na- announcing time off as you do in rugby. And so that alerts, you know, he d- decides that the clock stops. And then from that moment on, you know, everything on the TV is relatively in sync. Um, but it's just in football, it's so frequent. You'd have to really decide like when, when does it, it feels like you'd be taking a throw in and they'd say you get 10 seconds to take a throw in, but sometimes people aren't time wasting. They're just trying to like a teammates trying to get open. And so they're not really trying to delay the match, but they might be go slightly over the allotted time is the referee then really quickly trying to say time off and then the throw in happened time on. Yeah. No, I agree. It's not so complicated. But, but it's. I feel like it's just got to be tough as a player if this is what they're going to end up doing, because I mean, if you're playing a forty-five minute half, the difference between having five minutes added versus ten minutes added is is a good chunk of time, and sure. you know, like you don't want to be caught in that situation where you think you're almost done with a match and yet you're exhausted, and then you look up and you've got a, a quarter of that half still to play. I mean, I guess you'd say, don't waste time then. Like you can know, <laughs> well, you can, You're you can right. know within reason, you can keep it to three, four, five minutes. I mean, okay, sometimes added for substitutions, sometimes added for goals scored. Because also the enormous times tend to be when there was like a review of a decision. Yeah. So whilst that is tiring you are saying 10 minutes being added if four minutes of of it was them deciding whether or not it was a penalty it doesn't mean you were standing around doing nothing for four minutes you know like it's you kind of had to say look the expectation is that you're fit enough to play 100 minutes of football and we're not asking you to do anything more than that yeah you mentioned the women's world cup uh did you you said you watched the championship match i watched the final yeah. Uh, disappointing, obviously, for England. I'll be honest, I'm not so emotionally invested in this England women's team that it I was in any way affected by it. I think to me, I actually find it interesting. People, There's both been a, a criticism of how little publicity kind of surrounded it, that there wasn't the kind of craze that you see during the men's Euros or the men's World Cup. I think people got to be realistic. This is relatively new for the most part, and that getting that kind of frenzy is based on a real emotional attachment to the concept. And that takes time. This felt to me like watching the Olympics. It also doesn't help being in Australia. No, but regardless, I mean, it's true. The euros in England got a bit more attention with the England women's team, but I still think it's just, you know, but yeah, it felt to me like watching the Olympics where like, I want great Britain to do well. And you kind of, you know, Great Britain men's four by 100 meter relay team in the final. I hope they win. But then if they finish second, it's like, oh, oh, well, that's, that sucks for them. It would have been cool if they won, I guess. But 
I'm not like there's no sleepless nights because Limford Christie was disqualified in the you know in Atlanta '96. Like that doesn't that doesn't bother me. Whereas I can remember you know penalty misses from Euro '96 and they still slightly bother me. So I don't think for me it's ever going to get past that point. But yeah, the final was okay. Spain deserved to win, and I mean a whole load of controversy has kind of come out of the Spanish win with everything from the way the coaching staff didn't seem to really be the kind of male coaching staff didn't really seem to get along that well with the, with the players. And then also, I don't know if you saw the president of the Spanish football oh, federation kissing, <laughs> kissing the Spanish captain, which, Wait, which, which incident of him we're talking about the time he kissed the captain on the lips, the time he grabbed his crotch and celebrating to like celebrate across the stands to the other team or when he went into the locker room after and said he was going to marry the woman that he kissed. <laughs> Which one of those three incidences are you talking about? Let's go kiss first. Because the kiss is the most, is the craziest of them. Like the... The crotch grab was pretty bad. It's bad. It's it's not something you should do in that position. But you can, it's at least, it's just an aggressive Do, do humans still do that? <laughs> are there a lot of humans out there that still crotch grab and celebration? Diego, Diego Simeone does. But <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, I agree with you. That's bad. And in that position, it's super bad. But he, he could have... Keep in mind, wait, wait. I just want to make sure everyone knows who we're talking about. This isn't just like a, a, a father of, of a player. This is the president of the Spanish Soccer Federation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so the celebration, I think he, if, if all he'd had was a celebration, he could have made an announcement afterwards. I was caught up in the moment. It was not befitting of someone in my position, but ultimately I was just celebrating and enjoying it. And people would have told him it was inappropriate, but you, it's not a huge issue. The kissing, grabbing someone and kissing. I mean, all this means is if you're him, if he keeps his job, which would blow my mind if he somehow remains in his job, he's be- he's got a hope that Spain, the Spanish men's team, win something pretty soon, and he's going to just plant one on the lips of, of of a Spanish men's player to try and salvage his his reputation. I mean, like, there, like I love, I love the people defending it. I've read some really good ones. So one one was. Like, this is so overblown. He just got lost in the moment and he was so excited. He didn't even realize that he probably did it. Don't think that's the case because one, he's never kissed a male player. And two, I've seen millions of people celebrate with a person of the opposite sex and never finish that celebration by just trying to kiss them on the lips. And not only just kiss them, like grab their face and pull them in for a kiss. And she said afterwards that she didn't enjoy it. Nor yeah. did you want it. She kind yes. of backtracked slightly, I guess, trying to I, reduce to, the yes. amount of controversy. But still, and even but his the other defense. W- okay, go ahead. His defense is literally what I said it should be for the crotch grab. It's like, hey, you're right. Someone in my position shouldn't be doing that. But I was just caught up in the moment. Not, this was totally wrong. I'm very sorry. Just, uh, hey, come on. I know I shouldn't do it as president. But like, if I hadn't yeah. been president, it would have been okay. Yeah, if I just got caught in a moment because that's why you see this happen so many times on other 
on other things, you know, like this is oh, every celebration that someone has, you know, you see this, like I've, I've never seen that happen before. The one that's even better I've had, I've seen people respond to is what you guys understand is that in Europe, everyone kisses everyone. Okay. It's pretty common. Even in supermarkets, you'll see someone, see someone and kiss them. Like once again, they don't grab them, pull them okay. in, and kiss them on the lips. That's that's not European. That's creepy. Where where did you get Vasilis's statement from on why this is acceptable? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is oh, it's cultural. It's not. It's, it's not it's really not. It's not. How many times have you not. seen the French team do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Spain won the World Cup in. 2010 the men's team and i don't remember anyone kissing iniesta like it doesn't doesn't <laughs> spring to mind maybe i missed it maybe there wasn't a big that's the only thing if he could produce a video i'm sure he wasn't in the position at that time but the, he's the, gonna pro- get like this grainy video from like just like like a, like a polish six league soccer match or something <laughs> but now i mean that and it's a shame it's a shame for the sport that the final gets sort of some of the celebration of the performances themselves get overshadowed by, some, by like a sexist thing that obviously yeah. just brings in like the women aspect of the World Cup. Yeah, yes, agreed. And so instead of just hey, let's just appreciate this for being a sporting event, we kind of get reminded of the fact that no, this is a women's sporting event, and we treat them kind of differently. Yeah, like, and that's yeah. that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have to also say, um, so whoever had to be Fox Sports, I believe, because I think Fox Sports was who was covering in the States. After all the matches, they would do recap videos and put them on YouTube. Whoever does that for Fox Sports, either one needs to do a better job or at least pretend to do a better job. Because when the finals highlight video is one minute and 30 seconds long, it is not a great representation of the sport. Like I woke up because obviously it was at 3 a.m. my time. So I did wake up and I saw, you know, that Spain had won. I said, oh, cool. Let me go watch, you know, like the, the highlight reel, like the 10 minute, whatever, extended highlights. It was a minute 30. Half of the video was like a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> the other half was... I think they showed three to four shots, and then that was it. <laughs> I will say, not to defend them too much, but as someone who watched the entire match, the extended you highlights you got to do something. You, you got to give you me more. Drag, you can drag it out a bit more than that, but the extended highlights were not going to be all that extended. It was not the best match of the of the World Cup, that's for sure, which is often the case with finals. It's they tend to be more tentative, and yeah, uh, but you know, but it was. Disappointing, obviously, for the England women's team. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe they, next time around, they're obviously, it feels like they're building towards something. And the U.S. are maybe on the downturn slightly, so it's it's more open, as we discussed in a previous episode. So maybe, you know, they should have, they should feel confident that four years from now, they'll be one of the favorites. But certainly disappointing for them. And then the roundup, I guess the European football, worth mentioning, Harry Kane scored on, on his debut for... Had an assist within four minutes. Yeah, nice assist. 
uh, to to Leroy Sané, and then yeah, scored the second goal for Bayern Munich in a in a four nil win, and just hit the ground running really in his first Bundesliga match, and then elsewhere, I mean that Real Madrid, Jude Bellingham, off to a flying start in Spain, so he scored two goals at the weekend. He's impressing for Real Madrid already, and the big question. Again, a topic that we've already covered, but PSG failing to win their second match. And you just, you'd have to be slightly concerned if you're a PSG supporter. Kylian Mbappe did come on as a substitute. He did score their goal. It was a penalty. So maybe that's a sign he will become more involved and that will solve some of their problems. But there's real cause for concern there that they could... You know, in years past, you would have just expected, even if they got off to a slow start, that eventually they would just string together an extended winning streak and close the gap. This time around, I think if they fall six, seven points behind someone, I don't think they'll catch up. Yeah, I agree. But you did bring the Harry Kane uh, part up. What's your over-under for his total goals this year? Oh. Exclusively in the Bundesliga? Yeah. 35. Wow. I mean, he scored, he was getting close to that in the Premier League, right? And now he's playing on a much better team in an easier league. So, yeah, assuming he stays fit, which he usually does, yeah, I think he's, he'd have to be aiming for, for 35. I mean, what did. Lewandowski scored 312 goals in 384 Bundesliga performance appearances, not all of which were for Bayern Munich. He was at Dortmund prior to that, so you know you got to you got to say as a Bayern Munich over center forward, it's almost a goal a game expectation over yeah. the course of a season. So yeah, you got to you've definitely if he's anything under 30, it's going to be a disappointing season for him. And also, I mean, I guess the test will be, does he get to take penalties? You'd think he does. But yeah. obviously, it, always as a new signing, there is that little bit of a question mark. Will he be given penalty duties? Because if he's not, then, you know, that's knocking five, six goals off what you would, you know, the, the final, final, season, final end of the season tally. But yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps up European football. On, uh, in other European sports, it's worth mentioning Rugby World Cup is only a couple of weeks away. We'll be doing some content relating to that. We're not going to go into too much detail on everything right now. At the moment, rugby is embroiled in a slight controversy over Owen Farrell's red card being rescinded and accusations of bias or potentially even racism in how certain <laughs> incidents are enforced. But we won't. We, we could save that discussion for when we have an expert on. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's got the NFL. I mean, the NFL, it's, that's going to be one hell of a weekend for me. Rugby World Cup and the NFL season, regular season, kick off on the same weekend. So that's, wow. that's just going to be... You're never going like, to sleep. No, it's going to be Good thing tough. you stopped drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially because the opening match is France-New Zealand, so it's a great opening match. And that's the Friday, I guess. So th- you have Thursday night football, 
Friday that will happen, college football, Premier League, all the European leagues, then on Saturday, Rugby World Cup matches Saturday, then all of the NFL Sunday, Monday, it's going to be, when we record that particular podcast, I might be having to pin my eyes open, Clockwork Orange style. (laughs) So I guess we have to transition to probably my favorite athlete currently. Oh, if you, that is my this, man, Victor Hovland. No, I'm going to edit this out. I do not. I just, we, yeah. Victor Hovland shot a 61 yesterday. Amazing. What? Seven birdies on the back nine. I think he, yeah, he, yeah, he birdied seven out of the nine in the back yeah. nine at one. So at starting the back nine, I believe he was four back. Starting the back nine. At one moment, yeah. And then, and then, you know, and that's going to be disappointing, I think, if you're Scotty Scheffler, because he really didn't do too much wrong. He played a good round of golf. And then all of a sudden found himself behind. He might look at it and think there was a par five that he only got a par on and really should be getting a birdie there. And he, I don't think, for example, I think if Hovland hadn't taken the lead on the 18th, I don't think he bogeys the. I don't think Scheffler bogeys the 17th. Yeah. I think that was the pressure of feeling as if he needed a birdie, which you know he plays that hole. If he has a one shot lead, I think he just takes that par and, and walks onto the 18th and gets a par there and wins the tournament. But yeah, a remarkable round. But no, you don't get to suddenly be back on the Hovland bandwagon. Oh, I'm on the you, Hovland bandwagon. <laughs> you have. Well, I'll say it now. You get given this is a, this is you get to st- you either get to stamp your Victor Hovland lifetime pass right now, which means you can never come on the podcast and say that fucking idiot. Hey, first off, I never called him a fucking idiot. So when we have him on this podcast, I don't want him to think that I ever said that about him. All I said was he wasn't able to make clutch putts, and okay. he has since turned that around. Okay. Since I said that, maybe, maybe he because- heard us. And he was like, I can't disappoint Frank anymore. I got to start making them because he has now had back-to-back tournaments where I've backed him and he's, he's stepped it up in the fourth round and, and come through in the clutch. Yeah. I mean, all with a smile on his face, that million dollar. Really? You have to give me, you you have to thank me for putting you onto the Victor Hovland experience because you know, I, it's true. He's really enjoyable to watch because he's always just looks smiley and happy to be out there. And he's just a, you know, a fun golfer. The approach shots and stuff. He's just so talented that it's great shirt he had on too. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's uh, and it's good. Look, it's good for Europe. I think he's this only the second European to win the BMW Championship, and you know, with the Ryder Cup not too far away, to have him in maybe the best form in the world. At the moment, uh, is I mean, you could say that about a few players. I mean, even Scotty Scheffler could have some of the best form in the world. He's he's up there every match. Yeah, and another classic Rory McIlroy sneaking his way up the leaderboard right at the end. (laughs) Unreal. Seal. I think. I think they said on Sky it was something like he's finished in the top ten in nine of the his 10 last events. Yeah. I saw, I, I, it was something like that. I saw that as well. I, I tried to write it down, but I only have my phone with me, so I didn't put it in, but I saw a similar stat. Cause I mean, we always yeah. mentioned he's just consistently up there. 
Oh, no. I mean, we're fools. For Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> you can bet top 10 finish in golf. We're just fools for not just every tournament just throwing money yeah. on Rory McIlroy, top 10 finish, and we'd be able to retire. I mean, that would be it. Yeah. The What I want to ask you is, let's see, I, it's, it's actually two sports. I don't know if the broadcast video is the same across countries and different things. So for instance, I'm almost positive with the NFL that Sky Sports is getting the video from whatever, Fox or CBS, and just putting their own announcing voice over it, but that they have no control over the replays that are being shown, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, golf is the same. The only thing that's different in golf is... Like Sky shows more for because like European golf coverage. More, what do you mean? Like if, just like a longer amount of coverage that they're on? They don't cut away to commercials as much. Okay. And so it's still the same feed in a sense, but they're making the decision not to go to a commercial break. Okay. But it's still the same cameras. They're doing that because less Matt, in the States now. They have like, Matt, they Matthew still put Fitzpatrick, it on. On Sunday, Matthew Fitzpatrick said he watched the European tour in the morning before playing the <laughs> final round. Which is interesting, given the fact that he was in contention. To, well, because his know, brother was playing, and his brother ended up still, getting second. Still, it still interests me that you're like really tuning in. You'd think you would be, yeah. but he was critical. He said watching golf in the U.S. was unbearable. Yeah, that just the a the amount of stuff that appears on the screen, aside from just the golf, in terms of like yeah, that's what they do or, now. And he just he said he couldn't do it. So I guess my question for you is. We've talked about this before, the obsession with showing American golfers versus the players who are winning. And even with Victor Hovland coming back, his last three holes, he was shown so much less than Scotty Scheffler. There was a point where Victor Hovland was about to take his second shot on 18, no, 17 or 18, whatever one it was. And they were tied at that point. And he was about to take it. And I guess he was taking too long. They showed him for like four seconds and then cut away. And the announcer was like, oh, it looks like Hovland's taking a little longer of a time. And proceeded to just show Scotty Scheffler from behind walking to the next tee. Like he wasn't doing literally anything, but you just saw like his backside walking to the 18th tee. And then recut to Hovland as the ball's like landing on the green. Like, what is the point of that? Like, I don't, just because Hovland is an American doesn't mean I don't want to watch him. Like, it's such, it's such a dumb concept that they have yeah. that I'd rather watch Scotty Scheffler's ass walk up the 18th <laughs> hole than to see Hovland, who's like tied for the lead, make a nice shot. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's the combination. It's A, a big favoring American names, and then also big names. So like we saw everything Rory McIlroy did pretty much. But then very little of one uh, Fitzpatrick did, and Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick just suddenly, all of a sudden, was like, "Oh, he's one shot off the lead again." Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like once he dropped his like two off, it was like, "Oh, we don't have to show Matthew Fitzpatrick yep. anymore." And then all it was like, "Oh no, he's he's right back in contention." Like this is now like when they were starting when the Scheffler Fitzpatrick pairing was after even after Hovland's birdie on the 18th, it was like a three way contest at that point. And they were like, well, we'll just show what Scotty Scheffler does still. And that's. I, and you know, why that's... are they so obsessed with Scotty Scheffler? Guy's a wet rag. 
Like he's a great golfer. Don't get me wrong. He is a phenomenal golfer, but he has the personality of the golf bag that his caddy carries. Well, unfortunately, in in the golfing world at the moment, Victor Hovland, super nice guy, but he doesn't exactly all smiles. (laughs) Not a ton of charisma. Like if you take the smile. Oh, he's got the riz. He's got the riz. (laughs) He he's uh yeah he's not got a lot of uh you know he he seems super nice like he seems like the kind of guy you'd want to be friends with that would be a lot of fun but he doesn't strike me as the let's make sure we get more hofland interviews like if i was the producer i'm not like we gotta get more of victor on tv like that guy is gonna drive viewing figures there was a uh slight incident with max homa did you see that one no, I don't pretty think so. good. So uh, this is what Max Homa had said. There was probably a drunk, I hope for his case, or else he's just the biggest loser out there. But he was cheering and yelling at Chris, who is Chris Kirk, his playing partner, for missing his putt short, Homa said. And he kept yelling, one of them had $3 for me to miss mine. And I got, and I got to go to the back of my stroke when he yelled, Pull it pretty loud. I made it right down the middle, and then I just started yelling at him and staring at him. <laughs> so I'm surprised with how much we're embracing like the betting culture that incidents like this don't happen more frequently. Yeah. That someone doesn't go to a, a golf, golf, tennis, any of these sports where yelling out could could really impact like you don't have to do you don't have to do anything that would get you arrested and you could potentially influence the outcome like that and it surprises me we don't have more people being like oh shit i've got scotty scheffler to win this tournament victor hovland's lining up his putt on the 18th i'm gonna yell right as he yeah like hits this it kind of impresses me that it isn't more frequent but at the same time in the way that the golfing world along with a lot of other sports are embracing gambling culture. We maybe have to accept it too. Like if you're, <laughs> you know, like, or I don't want to hear Homa talking about gambling anywhere else. You know, I don't like think I don't he wanna... cares about the gambling aspect at all. No, I know, but he knows that's the reason why the guy is doing it. Right. Like yeah. this is, this is part of it. Uh, but well, I don't know. Golf can, golf could do with a little bit more atmosphere anyway. Drunken <laughs> atmosphere. No, not people yelling, you know, mashed potatoes while people hit tee shots. But like, I do think golf should embrace not to take anything out of the live golf playbook, but a little bit more noise you could maybe tolerate. Yeah. Uh, Max Homer told him he's a clown, maybe with another word, he said. (laughs) And then I love, I love the stupid, uh, you know, like AP Associated Press, or whatever. The next, their next statement is, it's unclear what kind of live bet the fans play specifically, or if it was done through a sports book. Like, does that really fucking matter? <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know, Associated Press. <laughs> Great yeah. writing. Great write job there. <laughs> but no, it's. Uh, yeah, I think we have to expect. Like, it blows my mind. Someone, for example, in the Tour de France. You're not going to bet on who's winning a stage and they're not people like interfering with the cyclists because they, you know, when it's Pogaccia against 
Vinegard head to head with a kilometer to go, that there's not someone being like, I'm going to step in front of Pagacha here because I've got Vinegard to win the stage and I can seal this thing up. And the chances of me getting in trouble and then the online bookmaker that I've used figuring out that it was me and voiding my bet, it's pretty <laughs> slim. But, but that would be awesome if that's what happened. Not only do you not win your bet, but then you get criminal charges pressed on you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to calculate, will my winning bet pay the fine? You know, is that, you know, that's something you didn't have to worry about. So you mentioned the Rugby World Cup and that we'll have a little preview for the Rugby World Cup. And we keep mentioning that, you know, NFL season is fast approaching. Um, Daniel Jones had a, a very productive first preseason game. He drove down the field, scored a touchdown. Uh, I saw Brock Purdy had a pretty effective drive, went I think four for five. So um, you're starting to see some of the starters being put into preseason, at least for a drive or two, get the offense going, and then pull them out before they get injured. And I know we said we're going to do a preview of the NFL soon, but as a little preview to the preview, these this podcast's trivia to Eddie is NFL related. Are you ready? I'm ready, yeah. Okay. So my question to you, Eddie, is as of NFL kickoff, there will be five, four, sorry, there will be four QBs that are at the age of 35 or older. Can you name those four starting quarterbacks? All right. So I'll say we've also discussed this i'm going to leave a little bit of thinking time for the listeners so if they want to play along at home well we can our discussion of of leaving time can be their time to start thinking about it so number one check off the most obvious one aaron Rodgers. yes aaron Rodgers will be 39 years young don't you hate when people say that (laughs) that's definitely a phrase eddie hates i know for sure Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't see what it really achieves. <laughs> you know, like I don't. It was I probably really... funny the first time someone ever yeah. used it. It crushed. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, they... And then that was like that person's thing for the rest of every birthday. And it didn't. If only they had for... trademarked it. So, yes, Rogers yeah. is 39 years old. The next closest is now a four year gap. And these are starting quarterbacks. Starting like... quarterbacks. Yeah. Because Flacco would be older, but he's not a starter. Is Flacco still in the NFL? I don't think he's on a team at the moment. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Um, uh, Shoot. This is tough. Trying to think through so many young guys. Yeah, it is tough that it's tough to even imagine these guys are 35 and older. That's the hard part. Wilson, 35. Ooh, sorry, Eddie. Russell Wilson is 34 at the start of the NFL oh, kickoff. Um, and let me say, he is 34. Then the next gap is someone who's actually 32. And I will give you those names. That is Geno Smith and Derek Carr. Because actually, Derek Carr might have been a guess I could have had because he could have sneakily been a lot older than you think. Uh I'm trying to do it like by division. So Matthew Stafford has to be over. Matthew Stafford, 35 years old. Only 35? Yep. Um, 
I think you'll be able to get one more. I don't think you're going to get the last one. Is 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 Ryan Tannehill technically the starter for the Titans? Wow, Ryan Tannehill, 35 years old. He is technically still the starter. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how long he has there as the starter, but that I didn't. I did not think you'd get Tannehill. I thought you would get the other one, the fourth one. The fourth one. Um, trying to think by team. Um, is is Andy Dalton the starter for the Panthers? No, because no. no, they drafted a quarterback, didn't they? Because I'm trying to now figure out who's a starter this year, if you see what I mean. It's a pretty Kirk. obvious answer. Is it Kirk Cousins? It is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And is there one left? No, that no, that's it. Just oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's depressing, right? Because that's our age. And yeah, those we're running out of quarterbacks who are older than us pretty quickly uh, and within within like 10 years there's going to mean no one that close to our age i mean it's it's that weird thing you're gonna have to evolve now into feeling as if patrick mahomes is kind of of our generation because he entered the league he's, he's my homie <laughs> yeah but he like entered the league when i was young enough to still feel like i was sort of the same age as him yeah but yeah, How old do you think uh, Patrick Mahomes is? 27. 28? 27. Yeah. yeah, and obviously you said Andy Dalton, but uh, they drafted Bryce Young. Yeah. Who uh, did not look yeah. spectacular. Did you see that? Did you see that was a good one? Did you see? Uh, I think it was Bryce Young, right? The Panthers played the Jets in the preseason. They had that graphic of experience. And it was like Rodgers versus Bryce Young. And then it said it was like game started, touchdowns, playoffs won, MVPs. And then the last one was experience. And it said uh, 21 year starter NFL or whatever for, for Rodgers in the year he started. And then they had in parentheses 2000 and I think it was 2002 for Bryce Young. And it said it said life was his experience because he was born. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> So Rogers has been a starter longer than he's been born. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's I, I did watch a couple episodes of Hard Knocks. And... I can't watch it. I I I think I genuinely dislike Rogers enough that I don't want to watch it. The only thing that was entertaining me a little bit is I can't remember which player it was. It might have been Sauce Gardner, but I can't remember which Jets player it was who came up to Aaron Rodgers and was like. This is so cool. I've been watching you my whole life, and now we're on the same team together. <laughs> and, and Aaron Rodgers is like, how old are you? And he's like, I mean, not my whole life, but he's like, you came into the NFL when I was like nine years old. So he's like, it's, he's like, this is pretty much my whole life. And you could tell Aaron Rodgers was mildly affected by it, but... Uh, that and I think it was also might have been Sauce Gardner as well telling Aaron Rodgers that he wanted. I think he's meant to say he wanted to play in the NFL until he was forty, but he said I want to play in the NFL for forty years. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers was like, "That's a long time." 
I got a little quiz for you then. Get to fire back with a with a quiz of my own. American sports related, so this should be you should do well in this. Okay. I'd be surprised if you struggled. And again, we'll leave a little break for listeners to play along at home. There are six teams across the major four American sports who share the same name. As in, you know, if the I'm trying to think of an like example. Like the Seattle Supersonics and the and, and the, the New York Supersonic football team. Exactly. Got it. 100%. So there are six where they share up basically names, nicknames that appear multiple times in different sports. Can you name them? Okay, I got one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a lot of time. Uh, Panthers. Florida Panthers in hockey. Carolina Panthers for NFL. Correct. You said there's how many? Six. Oof. Okay, that's one. All right. Um, def- is it the f- it's the four major sports: basketball, hockey, baseball. Yeah. Okay. Correct. And it's fairly evenly distributed. I will say, like if you, I'll give you the clue and say three of your remaining five, one of them is an NFL team. If that helps you, if you see what I mean. You mean four out of my so remaining you, five? No. Three of your remaining five okay. are NFL teams. Oh, oh, okay. Two, two of them, the nickname is not an NFL team name. Okay, I got I, I, Okay, that's yours. Oh, because you said one of them is NFL. That was confusing the way you said that. You said three out of the five, yes. one of them is NFL. <laughs> I yeah, get what you're saying. Three of the, yes, I get three it. Three of the remaining <laughs> five pairs. Yes, I get it. The Jets? <laughs> Jets, correct. Winnipeg so, yeah, Jets and uh... Winnipeg Jets in the NHL and the New York Jets in the NFL. Wow, this is actually tougher than Let than me know when sounds. you want a clue. No, hold on. It's it's just you have to really think a little bit because there's you're going through 120 teams here. <laughs> One of them, I would say, is tricky. Okay. I'm trying I'm doing the mistake of trying to think of common sounding names like no. the Eagles that like to me, there's, there should be another team that's called Eagles. No, not. no commanders. Do you want a clue? No, give me, we, we can cut for time here, but give me a little bit to think. <laughs> for listeners, 45 minutes has already been edited out. <laughs> this Ready for a clue. Okay. Give me a clue. Two of them, as in two of the pairs, you have sort of somewhat personal reasons as to why you should be able to think of the the name. Not Coyotes, not Suns, not the Maple Leafs. Are the Suns? (laughs) No. Okay. It's just the way you're dancing around one of the correct answers is pretty impressive. Diamondbacks, Giants, nope. Giants, duh, Jesus Christ. I couldn't, yeah. you know, for the life of me, I could not, I even said Giants in my head like twice. So yeah, you have the New York Giants in the NFL and the San Francisco Giants in Major League yeah, Baseball. Yeah, I forgot. So the the baseball left. is killer for me because I see the least amount of anything baseball related. Like even though I don't watch much basketball, I still read about it. Well, good news. Two of your remaining three... <laughs> Involve okay. a baseball team. A baseball team. Okay. That could be tough. 
and I'll say again, one of the remaining three very close to home for you. Yankees, Mets. (laughs) Well, actually, in that sense, two of the remaining three very close to home for you. Orioles, Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) When do I put you out of your misery? Blue Jays, the Jays. (laughs) (laughs) This is unbelievable. One of these teams is extremely close to home for you. All I could think of is the Arizona Diamondbacks. (laughs) They're the ones close. There are other professional sports teams in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals in the NFL. I said Eagles. Damn it. St. Louis Louis Cardinals (laughs) in Major League Baseball. What's the other one? Well, Rangers. Oh, New York Rangers. Rangers. Oh, my God. This is embarrassing that I'm not getting these. These are like my teams. Yeah, I know. I expected a few of these to just fly. fly Wow. So, yeah, New York Rangers in the NHL and Texas Rangers in Major League Baseball. And there is one remaining one. And this is the one that I thought you would have the hardest time. Can you tell me the sports? I'll say one of them is an NBA team. And let's see if that helps you. Okay. Can you tell me... East Coast, West Coast, or in the middle? West Coast. Okay. Truly West Coast. Kings. Correct. So, there you go. You got them all. (laughs) Yeah, that is bad. It's been a long day. (laughs) Clearly. But yeah, it's, uh, it's harder. Again, those types of quizzes or quiz questions are always tougher than you think. It's like naming the 50 states or whatever. It's always a little bit harder than you think it's going to be, even if you're super familiar with all of, all of those names. Because I've had previous quiz question in a pub quiz that I attended, which was name every American sports team with an S at the end of their name Yeah. across the four major sports. And again, you're, you're kind of guaranteed to miss one or two out, even if you feel confident that you can name every major team. That's uh, so many. Team. It's, it's not as quite as many as you'd think because some of them also, right, and which trip people up if they're not really following the sport. It'd be like, oh, well, Red Sox, White Sox. It's like, well, those are X's. X. So <laughs> not if you have to write that one right. down, that should solve that one. Right. But if you're a foreigner, you'd be like, okay, well, Boston Red Sox, that's got to end in an S. All right. Any... Uh, non-sports updates before we go any tv or movie related i do have some movie related oh let's just keep going with these quizzes this is the the short one this is a one question quiz so we've discussed barbie on the podcast we both really liked barbie it seems we're not the only ones because barbie has reached over the billion dollar uh box office a what I thought would be a pretty tough cookie to crack, but apparently a lot of movies have cracked the billion dollars. Uh, I listened to a podcast about what are the worst movies that have cracked a billion dollars, and it's pretty scary, some of these movies that did that. But it did it pretty quickly. You know, within under, I think it was under a month since being released or close to that. But it is nowhere near the record for the quickest movie 
to break the billion dollar mark. And that was done in eight days by what movie, Eddie? And can I, is this adjusted for inflation? No. No. Um, is this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No comment. <laughs> okay, so I hope that's a yes and you're just not saying. Because if it's a no and I now have to waste time trying to think of Marvel movies that I'm not that familiar with. It is. Um, there's only two that I can really remember being huge. One was, what was the one where they snapped their fingers and everything ended? Is it that one? End of... <laughs> Is it that movie? Am I, th- am I thinking of the right one? You're, are you thinking of Infinity War? Yes. That's If that's what you're thinking of, then no, that is not the right answer. Thor Ragnarok? No, but I've slightly tricked you. <laughs> Why is this not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, it is. But the snap occurs in Infinity War. Oh, this is the the follow-up movie where they have to bring people back from the snap. Whatever yes. stupid concept that was. Okay. Endgame. Avengers Endgame. Endgame. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Took just a little over a week to break a billion in the box office. With that, oh, yeah, with that, Eddie, on a somewhat similar note, Rotten Tomatoes is celebrating their 25th anniversary. And to annoy all of the readers, they have released the fan picks for the 25 best movies of the last 25 years and the 25 best television shows of the last 25 years. What list would you like me to read that would anger you the most that you can give us feedback on? So I'd say the 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 list 25 25 best tv shows of the last 25 years or the 25 best movies of the last 25 years i feel like i feel like because i really strongly dislike like the marvel movies and there's a strong chance that at least one or two of those might appear in the 25 best movies it's probably i might have more input on the tv shows okay so let's go tv shows yeah there are a few i think there was like four marvels so Okay, TV shows. These are ranked in order. Number one, uh, how many do you want me to do before I stop and you can complain? Top five. Okay. Number one, Breaking Bad. Number two, Game of Thrones. Number three, The Sopranos. Number four, The Office. Number five, Stranger Things. So, I mean, I wasn't a Stranger Things fan. I wasn't a Game of Thrones fan, but... Stranger Things bothers me a little bit, I gotta say. I don't think Stranger Things deserves to be in the top five. Like in terms of popularity, I get it, because it was a huge phenomenon. But I don't think people are really legitimately saying this is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. So that doesn't feel right to me. So hold on. Uh, let me put my input. I agree with you, and I agree with you mostly because to me, it isn't one of the best long-running TV shows. Season one was a phenomenon and everyone bought in and it was really great and it was like original and and 
you know, really well done. Season two, you could say, yeah, it was still really good. But then, you know, the last few seasons, I think, what, now they're on four? This is, this is, yeah, I think season five is going to be the last season. They're not so great. And it's more of a show that is making so much money that they just keep making new seasons when it should have been ended probably after the second season. So you can't consider it one of the best of all time if it's only one to two seasons. I also feel like it's almost petered out to a certain degree anyway. Like people talk about it far less now than they did yeah. a few years ago. So that one bothers me. I'll also say I like The Office, but uh, The Office should not be in the five best TV shows it's, of the last 25 years. It's the best comedy in the last 25 years. I think it deserves. I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, is it the best American network comedy? Sure. Yeah. Is it the best comedy show of the last 25 years? No. I think there's plenty that I put above it. But with that, and, like that many, like six seven solid seasons of comedy at what is it 20 episodes a clip i mean well these you're now creating your own set of rules for why i have to put it in but i mean you have to take that into respect you know like this is a show that was putting out 20 episodes a year and they were all just crushing it in that hey the final couple seasons post michael scott and that's why i said the first six or seven i don't even count that as the office when scott left again I think The Office is very good. I enjoy The Office. It made me laugh. But this is popularity versus quality here. It is, though. It is, it is the fans' picks. I know, but that doesn't mean the same. It isn't which, you know, like if you ask me, what are my five favorite TV shows from the last 25 years? That's a completely different list from what do I think are the five best TV shows from the last 25 years? Because I have to judge them differently. And so The Office, it doesn't, it shouldn't be in the top 10. It would be on my list. Of course it would. But, (laughs) and I say this again, Game of Thrones wouldn't be in my top thousand. (laughs) Well, you've never watched it. (laughs) I've watched episodes of it, but it wouldn't be in my top thousand. But I know in terms of cultural impact, quality of the, I mean, early couple seasons, no, you go production value on those, not great. The final few seasons, impressive. You have to kind of put it into that. And it stands alone in the genre it's in, in terms of popularity and impact. So I'm fine with that. I wouldn't have Breaking Bad number one. I would not have Breaking Bad number one at all. I mean, so I am a notorious not Breaking Bad fan. I never really liked them that much. I don't like either the characters very much. And I don't like the whole like, oh, it's drugs. So it's so good. The same thing like with Ozark. Ozark was decent, but it got so overhyped because it was like, oh, it's about drugs. Oh, my God. I hate, I hate that. <laughs> That's an interesting. It's like take. Requiem for but, a Dream. Is Requiem for a Dream okay. really a good movie? No, not really. But it's about drugs and about addiction. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. If, are you narc? Let's, yeah. let's, move on. Let's, move, let's move on to the next five. <laughs> Sopranos. Yes. Yeah, Sopranos has to be in the top okay. five, sure. I'll, I'll tell you one that might appear eventually, but for example, for me, number one. I know Deadwood. it is. I know, I know you're going to say Deadwood. Everyone knows you're going to so, say Deadwood. I know, but but do you see what I mean? But I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I make the list of the best five, I'm, and I'm trying to be somewhat sort of rational, I'm probably not putting Deadwood in the top five. But Deadwood is a way better TV show than The Office. 
in terms of, I mean, for I'll go completely. I loved Black Sails. Black Sails <laughs> is not going to be in the top 25, but I loved Black That's Sails. That's because you're some, you want to be a pirate. <laughs> and, and so Black Sails is way better TV show than The Office, but obviously The Office is way more popular. So I'm going to really disappoint you and tell you Ted Wood isn't in the top 25. Oh, that's that's <laughs> unbelievable. That's okay. Outrageous. I don't think you're gonna like six through ten. Better call Saul. The Fine. wire. Deservingly. I think the wire should deserves be the, should be, should in, be top in the top five. five. Yes. Yeah. And I've never even watched all of it. I've only, I think, watched two of the seasons. I just never have gotten back to it, but phenomenal show. Succession. Here's the here's here's where I think your back gets broken. Lost. <laughs> no, actually, you know what? I'm fine with Lost. Wow. I'm way, I'm way happier with Lost being in than Succession. Because Lost also holds like the the cultural importance of Lost at the time. It's impossible to dismiss that. Like going back and watching, I didn't like I was never a big Lost viewer. I bailed on it once it became clear that they didn't know what they were doing and they were just like making stuff up as they went and there was no plan as to how the show was going to end. Like there's a lot of reasons to be critical of it, but the original premise of the show is super creative. Yeah. And then just how big of a show it was. Like yeah. my problem, Succession's huge too, but there's too much recency bias in putting term Succession on this list. And then also, it's not that creative. It's just a show about really rich people. Like, Cool. But it's not like Lost. But okay. Next so I, I'll say I I really enjoyed Succession, and Lost is one of my all time favorite television shows. What I will say I agree with you about Lost is it kind of like was one of the originals and cleared the way for those more like intricate, high spending sci fi fantasy type shows. Like it, it's one of the originals when it comes to that. I know it's not an original sci fi like there's been sci fi television stuff like that, but like the amount of time spent in creating it and uh, the set yeah. designs and all of that. Like it led the way for like HBO, almost like a game of Thrones kind of thing where like companies would spend uh, a lot of money well, H- on, H- on the story. HBO separate. Uh, HBO separate. Cause HBO had already at that point done Oz Sopranos, but never had done like know. a mystery sci-fi fantasy. No, kind of but HBO is different. I think you could make that what you just said, you could apply that to network a major network TV show. Sure. But it, that, for example, is why I bet you Oz is not on this list. And okay, Oz started in the late 90s. So Oz finished. started like all of those. Yeah, like yeah. you're going to say like the finished wire within, and all that. Finished within the last 25 years. And so to Oz me, Oz is not on the on list. list. Okay. We forgot number 10, which I love, but I don't know if it deserves to be on there. Dark. That's recency bias. I've never watched it. So never I couldn't even never watched it? It's a good show, no. but I, I wouldn't put it in the top 10 of the last 25 years. If the bear is on this list, I might smash my laptop. <laughs> Number 11, I don't think counts because it's not a TV show. It's Chernobyl. That's a miniseries. I got all day for Chernobyl, but it is not a TV show. It was a limited yeah. series. You know, like it was a six episode limited series. I don't know. That's I don't I don't have as much of a problem with that, but I also don't think it should be in the top twenty five. All right, let me just I, let I, me. I, I enjoyed gonna, it, but I'm going to run down all the way to twenty five, 
and then I can let you rage. I'll give you a few seconds in between for you to be annoyed. Number 12, the Big Bang Theory. If The Office is on the list, then the Big Bang Theory has to be on the list. Number 13, Ted Lasso. Yeah, no. (laughs) Number 14, Mad Men. Yeah, that's fine by me. Number 15, Parks and Rec. Also, it's like the same. Do I think it's one of the best 25 shows? But if you're you're kind of including these network comedies. then Number 16, Avatar, The Last Airbender. I mean, it does not. I couldn't even tell you. Number 17, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Number 18, The Last of Us. Only one season so far. No, no, that's outrageous. (laughs) Number 19, The Boys. Uh, I've only seen a couple of episodes. It seems fine. I can't really judge that. I can't either. This one I think you'll appreciate. Number 20, Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah, 100%. Number twenty, the Pacific, the Pacific should also be on this list, but it won't be. Number twenty-one, The Mandalorian. (laughs) 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 These next three are really gonna hit home. Number twenty-two, Pascal. Does Pedro Pascal have like a casting vote on this (laughs) list? (laughs) Number twenty-two, The Walking Dead. Um, do you know what? Again, for cultural significance, I'm kind of okay with that. Number 23, How I Met Your Mother. Fine. Honestly, that doesn't bother me that much. You take that one over The Office and Parks and Rec. And what was the other um, comedy? Big Bang? I would. So I don't think Parks and Rec should be on the list. I think How I Met Your Mother was more culturally globally certainly significant as the kind of trying to sort of this generation's equivalent to friends attempting to kind of establish that and barney has aged super badly as a character but overall i think i'm okay with how i met your mother being on the list it's just tough to put comedies on the list because you have to you're gauging a comedy completely differently and let's also be real these are entirely peaky blinders aside and the last Airbender, I guess. These are all American, <laughs> so we're, we're kind of Rotten Tomatoes. Ourselves. It's an American, sure, uh, website. Number twenty-four, the highly acclaimed The Bear. Oh my god! <laughs> well, we'll see you, laptop. And number twenty-five, just to make you feel a little better about the American bias, Sherlock. Yeah, I mean, I can almost not remember Sherlock happening at this point. But yeah, that's good. There's way too much recency bias in that list. And the lack of... Sherlock premiere date, 2010. I felt like it's longer than that, ago than that. Yeah. I guess it's still 13 years ago, but... Wrapped up in like, what, 15, 16? Pretty long break. I love Sherlock. Yeah, it was good. That was a good show. Season four, not so much. There's a few shows that are obviously missing from this list. And there's a few shows that should not even be in the discussion. (laughs) For example, automatically you should say if you're only one season, you're not in, you can't be considered for best TV show. I would say even two, like to be one of the best TV shows of all time, you have to at least, I think three seasons is a minimum. I would almost say, too, you should have to be done because we have to know 
how did you wrap things up? How did it conclude? Because we view Game of Thrones really differently because of that final season. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones is probably a lot of people's number one. If If it sticks to landing. If this poll is held pre-season eight or whatever the final season was. Whereas after season eight, people are like, I don't know, top five, I guess. I really liked it for a while. Yeah. And so that to me, I to be up for consideration, I kind of think you've also should be a show that's no longer on TV. One show, which I guess kind of breaks this rule, that should be on this list based on the type of rules that people are using or the types of shows, Grey's Anatomy should be on this list. Oh, but Grey's Anatomy might be older than 25 years. It's been on no. forever. 2000. Five, I think, probably. Maybe 2000. Yeah, I'd say 05. I mean, it didn't start in the 90s, put it that way. 2005, good call. Yeah. But, like, again, when you... It's difficult because Grey's Anatomy has kind of evolved into a little bit of a joke of, like, who still watches Grey's Anatomy at this point? Yeah. But the first five seasons, six seasons of Grey's Anatomy were huge. It made stars. It was, like, the go-to network show to watch yeah you know my list would include the mentalist it's would it, obviously would it include list. house i oh yeah house should be on there <laughs> i knew that again <laughs> that i know if, about you if i were being if i were being more my real list which would include like more british tv shows and stuff then maybe house doesn't make the cut but if i'm thinking top 25 if we reframe this top 25 american shows so we knock peaky blinders off yeah, then House is on. I put Grey's Anatomy on, even though I'm not a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. We well, knocked Dark off because Dark's German. Okay. Oh yeah, Dark's gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there there there's such a that is such a bad list. It has to be said. <laughs> I knew it. This is why it's I wanted a, to bring it up. <laughs> like, I think you can make a strong case for about. 20 of those shows not being on the list. Yeah. Like, I mean, so so Dark is one for me that would just meet the criteria because I, I, it was three seasons and it's finished and it pretty much stuck the landing. It wouldn't be my top 10, but it would make it would probably make my top 25. I really enjoyed that show, but I still have to gauge the fact that it was only three seasons and that still for a TV show seems short in a sense. Also, the last 25 years bit, it makes it tough. Like, does it, is it debuting in the past 25 years? I think years? it was debuting because that's, I think, Sopranos debuted in 99. So it just like just is Just makes in. it. But yeah, Friends debuted in 94, I think. But was still on TV. It was still on. Yeah. And Seinfeld probably debuted in 92. Yeah, 91, 92. Yeah, it was like a little before Friends. So the debuting, okay, I have to eliminate Oz then from yeah. the ones I threw out. Uh, I mean, also, like, I don't know, it becomes tough. Because to a certain, I'm not a Modern Family fan, but if you're putting these types of TV shows on, Modern Family should be on the list. What about, like, Family Guy or South Park? South Park would be pre, right? Because South Park was when we were in... Like okay. I was pretty young when South Park started. Even Family Guy probably is outside. It got like canceled and it came back. Even Family Guy might be outside. South Park premiered years. in 97. 
Family Guy is probably 99. 99. It would have made it. Yeah. So, yeah, Family Guy, you'd, you'd, I mean, there's there's not a lot of cartoons on there in general, right? Just The Last um, Airbender. Yeah. But, yeah, I would have put Modern Family on. Like, Modern Family is should be on ahead of Parks and Rec, for example. Like, Parks and Rec is niche. It, it achieved popularity, but ultimately, like, I enjoyed Parks and Rec, but it's not cracking my top 25 comedies. Oh, I love Parks and Rec. It's just like quotable and stupid, but it's not. It would probably be in my top five comedies, but it wouldn't be in my top 25 best TV shows. And this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. As I said, separate. I'm not a Modern Family fan, but I'm not a Lost fan. I like Modern Family. I'm not a, I'm not a Walking Dead fan, but I kind of, or a Game of Thrones fan. I would, I would put, put Lost would definitely be in my top. Lost could crack my top five of best TV shows. The seasons one through four of Lost are about as good as television gets. It, it didn't stick the landing. That's it has the Game of Thrones issue. Yeah, I mean, there's a, it's a tough one. There's there's so many shows that I would have on, <laughs> and and shows that I'm trying to think of like shows that definitely. I feel missed. Six Feet Under was huge. Oh, I'd have Curb Your Enthusiasm on. Yeah. 100%. Uh, 2000. Okay. I knew it was right around there. So Curb Your Enthusiasm is definitely on. So you're missing like... The West... You're missing... The West The West Wing is on for me. Yeah. 99. And you're missing all Showtime shows. Not that they're any good, but you've got like Shameless, uh, Homeland. <laughs> Having just watched... Uh, Finish the Americans. I'd actually put the Americans on the list. Good show. Yeah. Meets the criteria we set. People so, love Justify. Yeah. I kind of enjoy Justified, but it probably doesn't go on the list. And hey, here's one that would, would probably be on your list in some ways, but if it hadn't come back and kind of ruined itself, Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. And this is why finishing the show is important. But because arrested I can argue tainted. no I can argue that that is a different show <laughs> that's Netflix presents arrested development <laughs> that's fine you can whatever you know hoops you need to jump through to feel better about it but the reality is it's the same TV show with the same cast and that's why it's important to say yeah and okay you could argue is the show ever really done like if they're discussing it coming back but we kind of know. Like, we know The Sopranos isn't coming back. We know Deadwood isn't coming back. Game of Thrones is not coming back in the same like, you know, iteration. New versions. Well, new iterations. Different book. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, that, that bit bothers me. Well, because you took so well to this, maybe we'll save the movies for next week. <laughs> because Can't if wait. that infuriated you, the movies. Honestly, I think the, the movies will bother me. Because you probably again, haven't seen as many. Yeah, I won't have as strong of an opinion. And I'll, I'll apply the same rules. No Marvel movie should be on for me. But I have to accept that given their significance and popularity, you kind of have to put four seems outrageous, but like one or two have to make the list. You know, so if you can separate yourself from what your own preferences are and just kind of try and objectively decide... 
four, creative. Four are on the list. One I think is deserving to be on the list. Two of them I have never seen and people absolutely love. So I can't comment on it. I mean, it's tough though, because Marvel people love Marvel movies. You know, this is the thing. It's like the oh my god, the score. But it's animated. That's why I'm saying that. Oh, is this the Spider-Man one? Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. And and the sequel. Yeah, people do love that. Which people say it's like the best movie of the year, the sequel. And I just I don't have time for animated movies. I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. Well, we can save that discussion for the the movie list. Number one is a movie I think you can guess. We'll save that for next week. Yeah. Remember, fan favorite. Okay, we'll save it. That's not that's not I'm letting you think. I'm letting you think all week. I'll I'll forget. All right, I guess with that we'll call it a day. Talk to you later.